Let me just start off by saying I really struggled with uh, coming up with this particular episode of this podcast. I've been thinking about it for the better part of six months. I did not want to come up come across as Kamloops having this unique problem that nobody else is facing, not only in the province, but in the country, because that's inaccurate. Homelessness in BC, in the bigger municipalities, uh, in Western Canada, across Canada, and that's not even isolating the fact that it's probably North America, but for our scenario, this is a common issue that a lot of cities are facing. And I don't feel that we're going about it in the most effective way. I feel like a lot of community members are frustrated by what is taking place downtown Kamloops with regards to homelessness. And so I decided I'm going to do the podcast. We're going to discuss it. And I I hope I don't come across as uh, leaving a sour taste for any of those people that are considering moving to Kamloops because that's not at all, it's not at all my my goal. My goal is to just shed some light and be truthful and honest about, you know, different situations that are happening. And, and, and that's why I love this podcast. Like I love interpreting the data and interpreting, you know, market trends and the situation uh, that's in front of us here in Kamloops. So uh, Mayor Hammer Jackson was kind enough to, to give us some of his time today. And we sat down and discussed some of the issues that we're facing in Kamloops much the same as other cities in British Columbia. But what is happening with homelessness in Kamloops? What are the issues? How can we go about resolving these issues? And what are we doing right now? Because our current approach is very clear. It is not working. My name is Parker Bennett, and I've spent the last 20 years helping people through the process of their largest single investment they may ever make, their home. From building inspector to real estate agent, I've chalked up a number of great experiences and strategies for everything related to the home buying experience. This podcast is dedicated to anything and everything around the Kamloops real estate market. Welcome to the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast. Okay, welcome everybody into the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast here at... uh, 800 Seymour Street and Royal LePage Westman Realty. Uh, I'm your host, Parker Bennett, and uh, I have a great guest here today, Mayor Reed Hammer Jackson. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. I know you got a busy schedule, and uh, I don't want to take too much of your time, but I appreciate you coming in to talk a little bit about something that hits home for me uh, and a lot of the community members here in Kamloops, which is the homeless issue that we have going on in Kamloops. So welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Can you... Um, just start off by giving me a brief breakdown on, on who Mayor Hammer Jackson is. Um, well, I'm a, a businessman, have been for years, uh, been in the car business. I mean, uh, um, yeah, just, uh, you know, ran a successful business, you know, I managed, uh, a couple of GM dealerships and, uh, yeah. And then, uh, never dreamt about being a politician, but, uh, when I started to see the, uh, crime and, um, all the issues happening on the streets and, uh, you know, you know, coming up with solutions and nobody listening. Then, uh, you know, after, uh, you know, having a business on West Victoria street where you got 40, 50,000 cars a day drive by and you can't even, uh, leave your doors open to have your staff safe right. and secure, you know, uh, like I said, over 95 police files and hundreds of other crimes that, uh, you don't even report, you know, so. 
you don't you don't hear about it all all, all the issues that go on. I mean, I I was affected myself. This building gets you know broken into once a year. Someone smashes a window. I think I've had laptops stolen. Uh, you know, I've my some guy jumped into my car one day out the back parking lot here and tried to take me for a ride. Yeah. So, when was that? Uh, last summer. Yeah. Last summer, middle of the day. You know, ten o'clock in the morning. I I jumped in my. Uh, I got a Jeep Wrangler and. Um, you know, when you hit about 10 kilometers an hour, the locks go click. Well, I didn't, I didn't reach that speed. And, and, and a gentleman jumped into the back seat of my, my Jeep and put his hand around my neck and he told me to drive, told me where he wanted to go. And I pulled out of the parking lot and there was a cop cruiser coming down the road and I pulled the e-brake and jumped out and yelled at him. And, and surprisingly, the, the, the cop that drove by didn't stop. You're kidding. He drove right on by. I, the guy ran out anyways and I, we, uh, I called 911 and we eventually got the guy, but... Where was he from, yeah? Uh, he wasn't from here. He, surprise, surprise. He didn't have an accent that I recognize here in Canada, so it sounded Jamaican to me. Yeah. Like a real native tongue, too. Yeah, they're they're coming from all over, you know. there's. Uh, I talk to them on the streets all the time, and, you know, they're they're coming from all over the place. Winnipeg, uh, Newfoundland. Uh, we, we had one lady down, she was from Mexico, uh, but coming from all different provinces and, and within the... Uh, within the uh, province, you know? Yeah, where services are. Yeah, yeah. Let me set the stage for you here. Um, you know, we have a, let's say a long-time Kamloops resident who's taken high pride of ownership. Uh, maybe they live in downtown, you know, Sage kind of subdivision, um, where, where some of those lots are smaller and you're real tight to your neighbor. He wakes up in the morning, you know, he's going to paint his fence today because you know, the fence is starting to get faded and he's hand watering his garden, his apple trees, you know, going to cut the grass, high pride of ownership. And, and that, that individual has to deal with somebody who might be sleeping in his backyard or who crashed in his shed, you know, the night before. Um, it's upsetting to see, it's upsetting to feel, it's upsetting to think that there's areas of our downtown core, which have the highest value and the most desirability factor for the fact that there's such close access, access to all amenities and services. And we're starting to see this, you know, rapid incline of homelessness. I'm just going to give you some stats that I picked out. Uh, Kamloops Homelessness Action Plan, which was written in 2009 for 2010, we had 103 recognized homeless people in, in and around the Kamloops area. Uh, it took nine years to double that number. And if I look back to the stats of 2021, we had 206 and now 2023 uh, we're up 52% on that. We're up over 312 people. So if we continue on, if we trend at that rate in six years, we're going to have a thousand homeless people in Kamloops. Yeah. Hey, and not only that, uh, look at how many places we've built for them. Right. I mean, we've, you know, since, uh, Celine Robinson rolled into town in 2018, 19, uh, you know, she, uh, she, um, they introduced the harm reduction model with, uh, BC housing and, uh, it was going to be wraparound services, and that just hasn't come to play. And, uh, you know, we built, I mean, gee, look at the buildings we built. I mean, just off the cuff, I mean, the Spiro House, the Mission Manor, the Crossroads, the Emerald Center, the Rose Thorn, the Maverick, uh, all the motels that they uh, have fired up. And, uh, you know, um, uh, and again, I, I, I've worked the streets at 3, 4, 5 in the morning and talked to a lot of people and you know you talk about that i used to have a nice little car lot down on west victoria street and uh 
you know, now it's down to one bucket truck that they stripped, cut all the batteries out in a vehicle that they torched twice. And, uh, and they our, torched that vehicle twice. Yeah. And, uh, and there's fires all around my buildings almost burnt down several times. There's fires by the gas meters and everything. And the solution to the problem is not towing that vehicle away. I mean, that vehicle was fully insured and, you know, our staff, um, determined that it was a fire hazard. So again, there's five police files against it. And, um, I don't think the solution is towing a, a fire hazard to a yard where there's a whole raft of other vehicles with fuel tanks and everything else. And sure. I don't think that's very safe where, where, you know, to take it to somewhere like that. So, so no, we really got to start focusing on the issue. And the biggest issue is, um, you know, uh, mental health and, uh, and addictions. Um, you know, that's the, we, we always use the word homeless and there are a lot of homeless people. Don't, don't get me wrong. Okay. Yeah. But, but those people are not, um, um, they're, they're people that are really struggling with, um, you know, um, incomes and things like that. But, uh, no, it, it just doesn't add up. It's like you said, we're on, we're on a target to do that one. And, you know, when you get, I mean, you know, and, and I don't, I've never said anybody's bussing anybody into town, yeah. but I can tell you one thing, if you can, you can go to some of these agencies, um, uh, websites right now, if you go to Ask Wellness's website, and this is public knowledge, so I'm yeah. not, I'm not saying anything bad or good because Ask Wellness does a lot of good work. I mean, I've had some of the outreach workers help me talk a guy off the top of a train that was trying to commit suicide. And, you know, I've worked with them, things like that. But uh, if you go to their website, what, what, what are we doing still inviting people? You know, they've, they've got, if you need this, if you need that, it's, it's like you, if you got no inventory in houses, why would you put on your Facebook page and all over the place, you know, to come for uh, government subsidized housing right. when, when you don't have any? It's just like me uh, being a car dealer. Uh, if I've got no cars, no cars coming and hundreds of people waiting for cars and not only just cars, but government taxpayers subsidize cars. Yeah. Why would I be advertising to come get cars when I don't have any? Right. So, you know, that's that kind is of that, stuff. Is that just so that we can ask for more money? Well, more housing, you more know, housing and we need built. more housing. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, I mean, if you look at the, the, um, we did a, I think in 2020, we did a housing continuum study and, uh, you know, um, I think it was, I think it was like 2% or 3% that we needed for, for back then for, for addictions. And, uh, you know, the other higher percentage was low income families, seniors and things like that. Yeah. But, you know, we've really focused on, on, on loading the city with these harm reduction model. And, and again, I'm not saying anything wrong about harm reduction. It's great, but we got to go from harm reduction to recovery. Yeah. And, uh, I think once we start doing that and the other thing too, is we've got, there's a lot of people on the street that want to go home. They got here. You know, I'll never forget one guy, um, I'm out across the street from the Emerald Center and, uh, you know, one guy was from Williams Lake and I guess his brothers wanted him out of town and they, they saw an uh, ad on Ask Wellness on their website and, uh, you know, says to come for housing and he got here and there wasn't any, so he's at the shelter yep. and he comes across the street and, uh, you know, I guess he thought I had an ad going for free cars, you know, that time, <laughs> <laughs> that right. time he didn't get one, but, uh. You know, it's funny because his he said his brothers gave him eight hundred dollars to come down. He spent all eight hundred dollars on a taxi to get to Kamloops. So that's crazy. You know, that's just one example. And you know, like I, I mean, you know, I, I I walk out of my car lot one morning and there's three guys walk right across the street from the Emerald Shelter and uh, you know, one guy from Winnipeg, one guy from Terrace, one guy from Vancouver. They all want to go back home. Yeah, but, and we do have um, you know some agencies that that have that, but. Uh, uh, I think that we need more of that, and uh, I think we've got to get some of these people more you healthy. You touch on a good thing there about homeless, the definition of homeless. Like, I've always come to the idea that there's the problem that we have is not people who need homes. That is a separate problem. But the problem that we have on the streets with crime and, and uh, 
let's say disorderly conduct. Yeah, well, those aren't people who are just struggling with the. Uh, they need that dwelling, right? They're they're They've people. They're struggling health with, with addiction, 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 mental health. I mean, it's like one guy I know, I, and I knew the guy. I've known him forever. He, he got into you know a bad addiction and stuff like that. Well, he's been kicked out of these same places like 30, 40 times. Right. Well, well are you going to build him another one to have like forty six or you know what I mean? Like, and 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 I'll tell you, the guy I talked to him about having a recovery facility. And he, he was very excited about it. You know, like. When you talk to them at four o'clock in the morning, you get a different person than you do at two in the afternoon once they're sure. they're all dialed up, right? So, so no, it's it's more of a more of a addiction and a mental mental health problem that we have, and and I feel really bad for the people, the actual homeless ones that don't, you know, you know, there's guys that are living in in the shelter and they're paying nothing and getting fed twice a day. Right. Uh, then you go across the street and there there's another one where you get three hundred three hundred seventy five. It might be up a little bit now, but three hundred seventy five dollars a day. And uh, and you get two free meals a day, and uh, you know we we're, we're not giving enough incentive uh, to get better. to try to help them get better. And, right. and even if they do take a crack at getting better, well, they get dropped off in back into the middle of the drugstore or the liquor store. You know, right right in the facility. You don't even have to leave it because the the dealer's right inside. Yeah, know? yeah, the dealer's right inside. So I got this graph here, and I can't remember exactly where I got it. It was city council somewhere, um, and it shows you know one of these surveys that they asked homeless people where they spent the night before. So as I look on here, I see 44 people at a homeless shelter, but I still see the predominant number here, 23% of them uh, on unsheltered spaces or public spaces, and then 14% of them in encampments, which is pretty much the same thing. Uh, you know, something you see along Valley View, along the river. Yeah, they'd be kicked out. They've usually been kicked out of a, a lot of the facilities, and you know, and some deserve to get kicked out. But you know what? I, I got, a, I got a, a laminated piece of paper that uh, got ripped off the back door of the shelter, and, and it must have blown across the street. It was, I found it under my truck. And you can see where the back door, when you look at the back door, where it was. And, it, you know, it says, um, close the, the back door or you'll be discharged. You know, right. like that's not a, that's not what you do at a shelter, you know? So, right. so, but these results, I think these results are from a point in time count. And yeah. um, the problem with the point in time count is done every whatever couple of years. And it's, it's only like a real eight hours that they do it. They say 24 hours, but nobody's out there at three, four, five in the morning talking to the people on the streets. Right. It's done within eight hours and two hours in a shelter. Right. Like, Come on, if that was our pets. So, that, so that's not even a realistic number. Well, for me, for me, it's not a very accurate thing. It, it, it could be a lot worse. You know, there's there's so many people that are sleeping in their cars or, yep. you know, in, in areas. So so for me to, I think it's something that we should be doing a lot more. Um, you know, it's even even now we're kicking pee. I mean, I, yesterday I had to deal with some issues with, uh, you know, the fear of too much snow and stuff and people getting kicked out on the streets. And, you know, even today, uh, you know, we're kicking people out on the streets at 7.30 in the morning. And, and uh, you know, if they were our pets, we wouldn't be doing that, you know. Yeah. And, and we're dropping off right, right so that they'll, they'll be right, like you, what you just said. They're kicked out of there and they, you know, they go here. And it's just crazy. Like I said, if it was our pets, we wouldn't treat we, them like that. We wouldn't consider We that wouldn't be option. doing the count every two years, yeah. eight hours and two hours in a shelter. You, you touch on the idea of like recovery over um, more of a shelter mentality, but explain what that means. Well, recovery is more of a trying to get people off of harm reduction. I mean, you do need in a lot of cases, you know, harm reduction for people to wean off of drugs and things like that, right? So more recovery. I mean, we do have uh, complex care beds are going now after we, we had, you know, we were... We were honored uh, 20 beds and Kelowna was honored 20 beds a few years back and it kind of was sitting on the shelf. And then, uh, you know, I picked up the phone and called the CEO shortly after being elected. I picked up the phone and called the CEO of, uh, 
of Interior Health and Cologne, and then she came up and met with me, and uh, you know, and she said that uh, well, we've brought a half a dozen proposals to the city, and and they've turned them down. Uh, so you know, that's a, that's another story. Uh, but uh, wow. <laughs> but um, you know, now we've I think we've got sixteen up and going now, and that's that's so that's that's the real you know, hardcore people that are really struggling with mental health and, and substance yeah. use, you know, and, but we don't have enough recovery. We've got some and, and, and things are looking forward because, because um, other agencies are looking at doing more recovery. I'm getting people calling me um, lots saying they want to start recovery focused uh, um, shelters and, and housing and things like that. So, you know, get, getting more service and trying to, right. trying to get people off of drugs, you know. Well, I could see getting thrown out today, like uh, with an extra foot of snow that we got there in the last 48 hours uh, at 7.30, my mind might shift at 6.45 when I'm getting up about what I'm going to do with my day until I hit that snowbank with sneakers on. I might just fall back into the same old trapment, right? Well, sure. And not only that, you know, um, you're, you know, they're looking for survival too. I mean, you get kicked out onto the streets, downtown Kamloops, well... Um, I recall you guys had a trailer back here that got, you know, lit on fire. Like, like I said, I've had so many fires around my property. They're, they're all around the community, though. They're, yeah. they're all around the community. And the solution is not towing the vehicles away. It's not removing the buildings. It's we've got to deal with the root cause of the problem. And, and uh, you know, like I said, when you have 800 emergency calls at just a few facilities, come on. And that's them calling on themselves. Let's, let's, uh, let's, yeah. let's start to deal with the core of the problem. Let's not blame the victims, you know, and yeah, that's yeah. the problem. We, we blame the victims and, uh, and, um, it's wrong. It's just dead wrong. And, 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 and the, and the people on the streets and, 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 uh, that are struggling with mental health and addictions, they're victims too. I mean, like I say, we're not, um, you know, when you take, uh, you, you put people into, you know, 40 people into a building or 50 into a building and you've got, you know, I know it sometimes at one person working in the building and and this came from a person that actually worked there so yeah, yeah. You know, i'm not uh, just making this stuff up so well i talk to him here too all the time i mean i my back step my door is just right behind us here and my back step is commonly a spot where they hang out yeah uh, and a so, lot of good people and fires and stuff like that I, you know yeah no there's a lot of good people on the streets and stuff you know like i said i got one young guy from nova scotia he wants to he wants to go back there, and uh, just the, the, we we make it hard for them to leave town. But but again, when 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 an agency is getting a, a harm reduction, I think it's like sixty dollars a day, and, and I think you get thirty five or something for recovery. Well, you know when those if those three guys left that morning that wanted to go out of, out of town, well, when you leave it up to the same agencies that's getting paid sixty dollars a day to keep you, you know, yeah, that's a hundred that's one hundred eighty bucks in one sweep. So uh, yeah, it's unfortunate, but I, I you know I'm going to continue to work forward to to have solutions and and get a safer community, and then and I think I've got a lot of ways that we can do that. That's interesting. Um, just want to touch on something else here for a second. I mean, I'm a real estate agent, so. The idea of this podcast has been in my head for well over a year, and I've been hesitant to bring it up. I, this podcast is I try to bring value about the city of Kamloops, and I try to talk about the good features we have and how you know our housing situation here. And I want people to come to Kamloops. I, I moved here 22 years ago, and I love the place. Yeah, me too. Um, and then I, you know, I struggle with the idea. Like, are we are we going to talk about something that's right in front of us? And I think a lot of people struggle with the same idea. Do we just sweep it under the rug, or do we actually? face it as a community and hold hands together and try and figure out some solutions. So my question to you now is, as I ask, what can community members do? What should we be doing? The people that aren't, you know, sitting in the right meetings as a community to help the situation progress. 
Well, number one, what you can do, which I found quite effective and, and we have as uh, council, uh, is for people to email their issues, like when you have things happening, uh, email to citycouncil at camlibs.ca. We need more people to show up at uh, council meetings uh, for public inquiries um, to get more involved and, and not be afraid to, um, you know, like for free, for so long on West Victoria Street, we didn't want to really talk about the problem for fear that people wouldn't come around. Well, guess what? Now they're not coming around. And if you look at the uh, curb appeal of there or the curb appeal of uh, Tronk Hill Corridor or even look what's going on out in Valley View. I mean, you know, there's a, a company that come out of Alberta and they, they're, they've got these pontoon boats there on the north yep. or on, on Valley View. They had three pontoon boats catch fire right beside a, 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 a motel that's got supportive housing. Right. You know, here they are, come to Camelot and Camelot is a beautiful place and we don't need to cage ourselves in. I mean, you know, we talk about SEPTEP report. It's called Crime Prevention Through Environmental Design. Well, who designed the environment? The big, the big almighty, I guess. <laughs> well, they, they, uh, the environment wasn't, they want West Victoria Street, they want to spend $1.5 million caging our clients, customers, uh, uh, residents, uh, you know, in from coming into our businesses. $1.5 million with gates, and I've already got lots of cameras, but but going back to Valley View. I oh, yeah, see the, they got the, the guy out there the, now. Well, well, he's putting, look at, look at the fence around TELUS. The guy's spending $140,000 on a fence. Come right. on. I mean, go look at the Rotary Club, um, um, yep. thing up, up, up at, uh, right in by the panorama, by the, by where the lookout is there. Yeah. Go look at that. Like seriously, it's a, it's caged. You can't even see it. Right. Like that's not what we need to do. We need to continue to work hard and get the community to, you know, we definitely need the community to, to stand up. And, and like I said, if you send it to city council, camels.ca, all council gets it, including myself, our deputy mayor will respond and then send it to whatever division that the issue is happening. And I think we, we've got to really do that. And, and, you know, like yesterday we watched in the football game, uh, I was sitting beside a doctor and he lives out in Brock and he's lived here for, he lived here for nine years. He's got a business just up the road here. And again, you know, he was really affected when the, they opened the curling rink at the Memorial Arena to be a shelter, you know. But anyway, he's, uh, he's just recently moved to uh, Kelowna. He still has business here, but he doesn't want his two twin daughters to grow up looking at this environment. Right. And so he's moved to Kelowna, but still runs a business here. So getting back to your, uh, your question is we need more people in the community. It, it, it's, it's surprising how many people complain about things, but that when it comes time to take some action, and like I said, either email city council, council.ca or, you know, on uh, Friday afternoons, the agenda comes out for the council meetings. And if there's anything on the agenda that, that uh, you want to speak of or have questions about or inquiries, um, you can come and speak to them. Um, and they, they, you know, they've, they put a pretty tight rein on me of letting people only talk for five minutes, right. except for when it's somebody more desirable to somebody, then, you know, that's a little different, but, but when people really have sure. an issue, I'll let it go as long as I possibly can. Cause yeah. you know, I was elected by the citizens of the community and that's, uh, Oh, I appreciate that. That's, that's who I, um, you know, like we got new zoning coming here. It's kind of part of the homes for people, uh, bill that was passed here last year, I guess. Um, so we got down the pipe here. We're going to have a, a situation where we're going to be able to densify some of our single family detached lots a little bit more thoroughly. And I know you guys don't have all the details on that just yet, but, um, do you think that let's just imagine that we're going to densify all subdivisions of Kamloops with maybe basement suites or garden houses or something along these lines. 
Do you think that's going to improve the situation? Do you think that's going to cause more issues? Do you think that's going to help in, in, in the situation that we're dealing with with, with homelessness in Kamloops right now? Um, you know, I think more housing we need. Uh, but again, um, you know, we've got places that are, you know, getting held up from doing like a thousand units here and 1500 here right now and things like that. So, you know, um, you know, the infrastructure is going to be one big thing, but, um, no, with the, with the homeless, to me, it's, it's, it's not as much homeless as it is mental health and addictions. We have a huge mental health and addictions issue. And, um, and I think that when we start addressing that, I, I mean, I even believe we've got so many harm reduction buildings. I believe that, and I know people that are, that are at them that leave all day because there's so much drug use and drinking and everything going on that they walk, they walk all day or they leave there all day. And, and I, think get away that, from it. I think that we can even convert, um, some of these harm reduction models to recovery focused models. And, you know, you take you and me, we want to, we want to get uh, clean and sober. So we go over to uh, building a, and where people that aren't quite ready or they're, they're, they still need to keep doing their drugs or whatever. Well, they can go to building B, you know what I mean? And, and, and maybe make it, maybe make it even a little bit better of a building um, to give some incentive for people to, to be able to get out of the drugstore or out of the, liquor store, you know? So I yeah. think we could even take those buildings, but, uh, but I, you know, so I think that, um, and again, we're supposed to build, I think 4,200 units in the next uh, five years, but I don't think that's going to cure our uh, homeless problem, but uh, I don't, I don't think it's going to cure it because the, the cost of building this, there's a big definition we should probably point out here is the difference between affordable housing and low income housing, which is two completely different definitions. Affordable housing has been is a term that the government has defined as being 30% less than what the market value of a property would be, which is still expensive, right? If you had a condo that was worth, you know, $300,000, great, it's $270,000. It's still an expensive product, yeah. uh, which would be very difficult to find in Kamloops, by the way. Um, but uh, low-income housing, which is completely different, which is subsidized housing, um, it, it, when we, we have... We have this uh, net zero objective that we're pushing towards 2027, and the cost of building a house, building a dwelling, building a condo, whatever, is more expensive and more expensive and more expensive. And we're allowing, I think we got another million and a half uh, immigrants coming into Canada in the next three years, and we're not building a million and a half new homes. We're already in a negative situation right now by like 350,000 homes. So we're going to be somewhere in the neck of like closer to a million houses shortage uh, in 2027. And that's if we actually fill our objective right now of building all these dwellings. If you, I mean, you're in the city hall once in a while, I'm pretty sure about that. You probably see right now that there's not a lot of uh, new build construction permits in place. Well, you know, we're proving a lot, right? Yeah. But, but right now you're right. You can see it's, it's slowed right off because I mean, like interest rates are high and you know, everything it's expensive. like that. Yeah. And you know, you know, and maybe, maybe, um, this correction, I mean, I mean, we obviously needed a correction. I mean, come on, yeah. let's face it. I mean, you guys, it didn't matter. It was like, well, if you don't want it now, it's going to be gone. And somebody paid a hundred thousand more here, yeah, yeah. 200,000 there, or in some cases a million dollars more. I mean, I mean, gee, look at, look at BC housing just paid for that Cherry Avenue apartments. I mean. I think it was 12 or 13 million dollars and it's supposed to be for affordable housing yeah i mean come on you know like uh but you know maybe we need a bit of correction i mean back in the day uh you know when i bought my first house i'm, I'm old so that was back in the 80s and you know i bought the first house for i think it was like eighty thousand dollars and and the interest rate though it take it switched the other way interest rate like the mortgage rate was 14 yeah. percent, and a personal loan was 18 
And, you know, even then, uh, that, that house corrected and it went down to 50 or 55. And, and me being the really good real estate guy, am I sold it for 55. And then about eight months later, went back up to 80. Right. So, you know, I, I think we need a correction. Everybody says, oh, things never go down. Well, they do. I've been in the car business for many, many years and through yep. the car business up and down. You know, you had rebates. You know, they, they, they just left the sticker price on the vehicle. You know, take a, a one-ton dually truck that was $80,000 and then people stopped buying it. Well, all of a sudden they came up with a $10,000 rebate, then a $20,000 rebate. And then that's not working. So then they come up with a, a 20000 and 0% for 84 months. Sure. And so, you know, when they say it's prices don't drop, they, they do. You know, I, I've heard yeah. some of our counselors say, well, things never go down. Well, they do. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I think maybe we need a bit of a correction and uh, see what happens there. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I won't keep you, Mayor Hammer Jackson. I appreciate you taking your time out of your day to talk about some of these uh, on, on the level. Let me wrap it up with one final question. Um, I think you're, you're the next municipal election 2026? Six, yeah. Are you going to rerun? You know, my, that's not my plan. Uh, my plan is to get a safer community, uh, accountability and things like that. That's, that's not my plan. It was, it's not my plan to be a lifelong politician. But, right. um, but, you know, if we don't get things done, I'm not a quitter. Okay. Well, I guess that's a great way to end it. <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> I appreciate you coming in. Okay, thanks for having me. All right, cheers. Okay, take care.